Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The world's longest running motorsport magazine show, Midweek Motorsport. News, features, special guests and analysis from the experts. Formula One, sports car and endurance racing, rallying, touring cars and bikes. If it has wheels and an engine and they keep score, it's on Midweek Motorsport. Hello and welcome to Midweek Motorsport. I'm not John Hindhoff, I'm Tim Gray up in London. We'll be speaking to John shortly, but he's in Dubai where this weekend we have the second of two consecutive race weekends uh, from Preventic. This time it's the FIA International Endurance Series, the 24 Hours of Dubai, and coverage of that starts tomorrow here on RS1. Uh, unfortunately, uh, due to some technical issues, this is a uh, shorter than usual and different from usual midweek motorsport, so we won't be doing any of the usual features. We won't be doing any of the news, which is really disappointing because we had rallying just for Nick Damon. We had Circuit of Wales news. We had Chase Carey in Denmark news. Uh, and we had Daniel Kriat going to Ferrari news. All of that will have to wait for next week. For now, let's hand over to John Hindhoff in the paddock in Dubai. Wow, these race cars are noisy things, but the weather is great here at the Dubai National Autodrome. We're playing a little bit fast and loose with time here as we effectively are taking you back now in time to this afternoon's uh, private test or optional test, if you will. Uh, Sammy Mutron from uh, Mamak Ogilvy Racing is with me. First of all, can't complain with this weather, can we? Oh, no, we live here. I love this time of year. It's brilliant. It's not too hot, not too cold. Fortunately, there was a bit of rain earlier in the week. I, th- I say fortunately because it's not here now. It seems to have gone, so it's beautiful, yeah. Now, your car's not out this afternoon. You're not taking advantage of these additional tests, so you'll get into Dubai, Hankook 2 by 24-hour mode on Thursday. So... What are you doing today and tell me about this new car? Uh, yeah, today we, we just came down to sign on, scrutineering, did a bit of driver change practice and you and I have talked a lot in the past about how much time you can gain in the pit so spent a lot of time focused on driver change practice where we can gain a bit of time there. Um, so yeah, that's really what we spent our time down, down here doing today. A lot of people talk about this event and sort of, I think it's one of the events that you either get or you don't. It leaves a lot of people scratching their heads. How many cars? How long's the circuit? But it, it does work, doesn't it? Oh, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant event. I mean, there's so many different classes. I think there's about eight classes this year, 93 cars. But it does work. I think I think it works on a various various levels. I think it's one because you've got. Uh, a lot of amateur drivers and a lot of pro drivers and the pro drivers that do come respect the fact that they've, they're attending a mixed class, mixed level event but it's not for them really is it? No I mean Creventic have been quite clear about that, you know the pros are the guests and the, the AM drivers are the, are the ones that this is for and it, and it works because I think we had a couple of years if you look back two, three years ago when it was getting very pro focused and I think Creventic have done a good job of calmly 
uh, squashing that a little bit and giving it back to the AM drivers. Without um, getting too heavy-handed, it would seem. No, I think there was, I mean, unfortunately, there was that one big event that happened a few years ago. We won't refer to it. But no, they didn't have to get heavy-handed. I think they've just encouraged the teams to remember what this is all about, uh, which is why we love it. I mean, all of us in our team are all AM drivers. Uh, done quite well for ourselves, but we are AMs, and, and that's why I think it's a brilliant event for anyone. Now, we've been so used in the past to seeing you guys running a touring car, and touring cars get their own series, split from the GT series, as it's called now, and we'll be referring to that in, in the race. But, but you guys have, have sort of just been hiding this car away a little bit. That's not a lot of work. Tell me about the car you're racing this weekend. Uh, so we're in the Gen 1 uh, Porsche 991 Cup. We, we did race it last year. We were running third up until about 13 hours and had a, a small shunt and decided to park it up. Last year, unfortunately, for various reasons, we, we didn't run it, but uh, we've done a lot of testing in it. It's unrestricted this year, so it's going to be a little bit quicker, a little bit more fun to drive. Uh, so more thirsty to... as well, though. You're going to have to do your whole fuel calculations differently. Oh, we've got some good engineers. I'll let them worry about that. I'll worry about pointing it in the right direction. But no, it's, it's, it's a great car. Those Porsche Cup cars are phenomenal to drive. They're really quick, really you know reliable, so looking forward to it. Yeah, you say that, though, but in an age when... We're talking so much about GT3 and GT4 with driver aids. This is pretty old school. All right, I, I know it's got a, a sequential gearbox, but you've got no ABS, have you? Oh, no, th- these ones do have ABS. All right. Yeah, they've got ABS. I learned that. The and other day TC? I, uh, no, 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 t- no traction control. So um, with, with all that weight on the rear coming from the Seat, where everything's on the front to everything on the rear, it's been a, it's been a good learning curve, a lot of fun moments. But... Oh, they, no, but they're just so much fun to drive. They're great, and, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And, and I'm not asking you to tell me how much, but relatively cost-effective to run? Oh, massively cost-effective. I mean, I was speaking to a, a representative from Audi, uh, and that we were talking about the GT4 Audi. It's cheaper than a GT4 Audi, cheaper to run than a GT4 car, and quicker. So, I mean, for me, it, it absolutely makes sense. Stepping up from TCR, TCR is a lot more cost-effective to run, especially for endurance racing. But if you want to take a step up, for us, it seemed like the most logical solution. Now, down through the years here, because those cup cars go pretty long on their fuel at various times of the races, we've seen that car, those cars get well inside the top 20. By the end of the race, you'd be aiming for what? A top 30, a top 20 finish? I think if we if we if our strategy comes through, we do what we do, which is you know hopefully stay out of trouble, keep it on the black stuff, minimise our time in the pits. A top twenty is absolutely feasible. I mean, you look at you look at the GT3 cars; they run really quick, but they run really short, uh, and tend to unfortunately get themselves in a lot of trouble, and they don't need to, uh, but they do. Uh, so yeah, I think a top twenty, if we if we stick to our game plan, you know, could could work out for us. Now the great news about Cruventic, and we've said this over many years, is they're not backwards in coming forwards with information. We've had the calendar, it seems, for ages now, I think since Spa last year. So, what about the rest of the season? Have you picked out any events? Can you do the full season? And if not, which ones will you look at? I I don't don't know if we could do the full season this year. We're looking at prepping for next year to do a full season. Uh, We we were thinking of trying to do the Continental. So, you know, Dubai, then the 24 Hours of Portimao, then the 24 Hours of Cota, which is an intercontinental championship in and of itself, three races. That seems quite feasible for us. Uh, So, yeah, that's the one we're aiming for. But let's see how, let's get through this weekend and see how we are. Portimao and uh, Cota, two phenomenal tracks. And I was fortunate enough to race at Cota at the back end of of last season and thoroughly enjoyed it and I would think both of those tracks would suit the Porsche pretty well actually oh, I haven't driven either of them I'm absolutely envious and jealous of you for making it to Kota <laughs> uh, that was one that was on our radar I remember when, when it first got announced our engineer got really riled up because every time we passed the pit wall it was yee we're going to Texas but 
unfortunately we never made it um but yeah this year that's that's on the plan i think i think great track uh done a lot of you know research about it really can't wait to get there no you you love it and it'll suit your car and your driving styles and you guys are well organized that's what you need to be in these longer races let's bring you back to the weekend then friday and saturday all live all in sound and vision on radiolamon.com and rs1 Uh, can you make a plan when you've got a 24-hour race with 93 cars starting? Or do you make a number of plans? Or you just say, we've got an idea of what we want to do and this is what we'll try and stick with? Um, a great question. I think you make a plan with parameters for flexibility. So in, in the sense that you know, you know, the idea being is you do the least pit starts possible, that's your plan now. You get the flexibility as if you're in a certain window and it's a code 60, you, you box. And that's what... So you, it's a plan with parameters, but that's the best you can do. And the race is always going to throw something at you. And I think that's where you said being organised is really important. That's why it's being organised is important. It's, you know, have every kind of... Be willing to be flexible and, uh, and, that, and that's what it is. You can't plan for every eventuality, obviously. Um, you can't bring every part that might break. But you've got to... Even before you get to the event, Natasha, who's your sister, who's the team manager, along with the engineers, you've got to look sensibly and say, well, we might need a one of these, we might need two of those. That, that's the sort of thinking that goes in beforehand in, in the long winter months? Oh, that's exactly what it is. And, and then what we, what we try to do is, is stockpile, I suppose. So it's, you, don't, you don't spank all your money on it straight away. You're kind of slowly collecting the spares, slowly collecting the spares. And, and there's always going to be that one or two parts, like you said, that you don't have. The good thing about Creventi, though, is there's, what, 14 cup cars out here right. you know you, you run down the paddock and you go mate have you got one of these usually someone will turn around and go yeah here you go we'll talk about it later so you know again in the say that happened to us a few times and everyone seems to be really helpful and, and we're all we're all in it to enjoy ourselves yeah we want to beat them at the end of the day but I think everyone's here to have a good time as well now you talk about the Seat that's gone now you, you haven't still got that that's gone is it, or is it sitting here or is it re- being raced by someone else what's this got it, it's here it's gone but it's it's actually with some of our some of our mates that are based here they've, they've managed to, to get their hands on it it's the number 55 I believe uh, so we're really excited to see the old girl out there they're loving it and Good, we're... goodness sake don't run into it <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to go anywhere near it but you know we, we wish them luck I think that, that car was we won two championships with it. It was a great car for us. Uh, I do miss it, um, but yeah, it's good to see it back out. Slightly hard question to finish on. Um, what is it that brings you back to these Creventic races in particular? Endurance races is not everybody's cup of tea. They really aren't. But for those people who enjoy it, it seems to be very important to them. What What is it that brings you, your brother, your brothers, and your sister back? Oh, jeez. Um... Yeah, you're right. That's a tough question. My wife asks me all the time, and I can't answer it. Uh, Good practice for answering the missus this one. <laughs> it's it's it, it, a 24 hour race throws everything at you, and I think it's the way I explain it to people that don't know racing. It tells an entire story in 24 hours. You've got the ups, the downs, the you know the the adrenaline. You, it just gives you everything. You know, we we've done a lot of sprint races and seasons, and they're fun. You know, 20 minutes of getting out there and, and giving it hell for leather is great, but. This just, it's a different mindset. I think because we're, we're a bigger group, we're a family, we all want to do it together. This this format yeah. suits us as well. But it's the challenge. It's, it's if you can outlast, I mean, there's, there's a famous documentary that said you don't win a 24-hour race, you outlast it. And I think mm. if it's that, even if you don't win, getting to the finish of any 24-hour race is an absolute success. Yeah. And I think we love that challenge, and, and that's what we're looking for. And you, and you mentioned the family thing there. 
is, do you see that as an advantage? Can it sometimes be a disadvantage? You clearly know each other very well. That's the way families are. But families aren't always singing off the same hymn sheet. Oh, no, it's it's an advantage to a huge... I mean, it depends how deep you get into the kind of team psychology. For us, it's an advantage because there's that trust, right? Mm. So even if you're going to get riled up with each other, we do, and, you know, all that stuff that brothers and sisters get on with, fine. But it's the fact that you, you're you out there racing with your, your people that you care most about and you trust, and you're in it with each other, for each other. You know, we've all done uh, paid drives, mm-hmm. and it's a completely different experience. Mm. You, you kind of you're a driver who shows up and gets in a car and leaves. We're all in it together. We we, we kind of create this environment for the whole team, uh, where, where everyone feels like part of something, and, and that's why you're all kind of driving in the same direction. And I would think, correct me if I'm wrong, if you do get into a bit of strife, you've got a lifetime of knowing how to put that strife right. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 you know. We do a twenty-four hour race. Brings, you can't not, can you? It brings a lot of tension, doesn't it? And and you know, I think the ability to to say what you mean, and then you know, obviously we we, we love each other, so you kind of take it back quite easily, and there's forgive and forget, and it yeah, kind of yeah. move on. So yeah, being able to work with each other, knowing each other, knowing what what motivates and pushes each other really helps. And and we, you know, I think for the first couple of years we were learning that, but now we've got to a point where we really know how to help each other get better throughout every weekend, which yeah. which helps. It's good stuff, and. You've got to be looking for a class win. 14 cars in your category at the weekend. Yes, the good overall finish. But who've, who, who's caught your eye in that uh, in that Porsche Cup class? There's some decent teams there and some decent drivers as well, Sammy. Oh, there's uh, there's too many to say, honestly. Uh, mm. I, I've, I've been I've been watching the timings uh, very calmly and casually, of course, of watching, course. The, watching the timings today. Barely uh, making any notes yeah, at all. No, 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 I wasn't really doing anything. But no, there's there's some great drivers in every one of those cars. I think, I think what you're going to find in this race is you've got some cars that have one or two really quick drivers and one or two not so quick and then you've got other cars that have kind of a, a median and a parity and it's going to be interesting to see the ebb and flow of the race when the quick drivers are in and when they're not and, and so on I, I, I think we've got a good chance we've got, we know what we're doing we've got a good driver lineup. Uh, real a lot of respect for our competition yeah. but uh, looking forward to sticking it to him to be honest if you could only see Sammy Motron at the minute because he is literally on his toes he's like a cat on a hot tin roof he just wants this to get started and get out there tomorrow don't you oh absolutely I, the, the, the Wednesday and the Thursday are the worst days for me so <laughs> you just want to get going it's you know all the way up until 2 o'clock on Friday it's just Let's get this race started. Uh, looking forward to it. I think we're, we've come with the same mindset. We're here to have fun, but I said it before, winning is fun and we like winning. Yeah, and a, and a, a pretty car is a car that wins. Absolutely. And we always say that. Sammy, best of luck. All the best to the team. And you're listening to Series 13, Episode 1, first of a new series. As we're in January, we're in Dubai. Something's going on on the circuit that isn't quite right because it's gone a bit quiet out there at the moment. But this is Midweek Motorsport on RS1. Well, as you can hear, the cars are back up to full speed after a short moment of uh, Code 60. I'm behind the garage is now in the in the paddock area. Phil Quirf is standing in front of me. Welcome to Dubai. It's a bit nicer than the racing car show in Birmingham, isn't it? Absolutely. We've got some sunshine and we can get out on circuit and drive these cars. Uh, it's a while since I've stood in front of you. I've seen you racing a little bit, but for the audience, what have you been doing in the last uh, 18 months or so? So, uh, last year... I got to drive with AF Corsa in the new 488, uh, which was fantastic in the Blancpain Sprint Series. And uh, that was also in the Sprint Cup category, where we finished second overall. So overall, a good good season. And looking forward to this season, currently Dubai here with Race Pro in the Porsche. Uh, and for the remainder of the year, a little bit uncertain at the moment, but uh, hopefully some promising news shortly. Is it a good time now to be a, a competent, more than competent in your case, a GT driver? 
or, or does the amount of racing that's going on that out there actually in some ways make it more rather than less difficult? I think just getting big as a as a professional these days it's very hard to to pick up drives and, and get paid. Um, so you're constantly uh, always on the phone and and selling your services and uh, it just gets harder by the day but I think every time you do get an opportunity like I have this weekend is to do the best possible job you can uh, liaise with, with the team and the gents which I'm with this weekend and uh, and just be competitive be quick and stay out of trouble and uh, that puts you in good stead for the rest of the rest of the season now this race the Hankook 24 at Dubai well established now was one of if not the great gentleman driver 24 hours around around the world how is it for you as a pro driver to come in do you have to have a slight change of attitude because I know the guys at Creventic here always say to the, the pros you're the guests here this is not for your benefit this is, this is for the guys who don't get to race all yet uh, absolutely I think it's an absolutely fantastic championship I've personally done this race 11 times uh, in all, all categories and I think it is great for the gents um, there's, it's in the off season as well so a lot of professional teams come over as well from all around the world and yes the pros do have to be a little bit more patient with the amateurs out on circuit but I think that's what makes it a really fun exciting weekend for all now clearly driving the car and driving it quick is the number one uh, tick on the job list for you this weekend but there's a job for you to do with the rest of the team in a, in a kind of a mentoring role absolutely yeah so I've uh, got three gents with me this weekend and basically when I'm outside the car I'm, I'm mentoring them coaching them with video footage data and just with the experience that I've gained not just 11 years at this this uh, race but also my whole career and I basically pass on that, that that information to them and put them in good stead before the race starts on Friday the tools that you used to do that must have changed massively in even the last five years never mind the last 11 or, or 12 years yeah absolutely so going back a few years uh, it was more uh, analyzing the cars from the side of the track but now we have uh, even us this weekend we have live data so I can actually talk to the guys through the the headset and say this was an improvement at turn one for instance so uh, yeah really the technology has moved on uh, hugely in the in the last few years and it helps me massively coaching these guys <laughs> you've got to be a bit of a video expert and yeah, a data absolutely. expert as well absolutely uh, tell me a little bit about the team themselves you're running a Porsche you're driving a Porsche this weekend with the team yep so uh, race pro running two cars one in pro our car is in Pro-Am and it's the 991 Cup Gen 2 generation. Now, that car was never built, of course, for endurance racing. So what's had to be, what's had to be done to it? It's a close relative of a, of a GT3R, but ultimately that was built for Porsche Carrera Cup races around the world. Yeah, absolutely. Super Cup uh, and all the Carrera Cup around the world. Um, however, Porsche put these cars through a grueling development programme and they're very renowned to be reliable and that's why so many teams use these cars they're easy to drive for the gentleman drivers and uh, and reliable as i said hang on they're easy to drive for gentlemen this is a porsche with the engine very much a traditional porsche not like the new wec car this is a porsche with the engine hanging out over the back axle easy to drive it's an acquired taste though isn't it uh, okay it's maybe not the easiest car to drive but they're, they're hugely fun right and uh coming from the guys I'm actually here this weekend, they've done historics ah. uh, and fun So cup. they don't mind it moving around? <laughs> not at all, not at all. So they actually enjoy that side. And uh, the style, the look, 
the, the, the noise that they produce is just unbelievable and uh, that's, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. There's nothing like the sound of a flat six engine firing up at any time of the day, even if it's just a streetcar engine. I've got a, an old 993 air-cooled and every time I start that car up and, and drive it, I smile. Is it the same with the cup car? Absolutely. And, still, and it's a big smile on and, Phil's face now, and actually. still to this day, it gives me goosebumps. I love my racing, I love, I love these cars. And uh, if I had the opportunity, I'd be driving one every weekend. Well, you said your, your plans for this year haven't quite come together yet. You, you did great last year. Well done in, in the Blanc Pan. The Ferrari 488 is that. I mean, that's a weapon. That's a different different kettle of uh, kettle of fish from the Porsche as well. Uh, if you had free reign, where would you like to be? Back to Blanc Pan, something in European Le Mans, WEC, or something in the States? At the end of the day, as long as I'm in a car, I'll be very happy. Um, but Brilliant. if I was being picky, uh, you know, I'd love to, to go back to the Le Mans series, as I did in 2010, mm. 11 and 12. Uh, wet would be great, but I really did also enjoy Blancpain Sprint this year. It was hugely competitive, and, and the racing was... Man, you've got to be on it, though, because if you're half a, a percentage point off, you're going to be finishing, never mind outside the top three, outside the top ten or the top 15. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, 33 cars on the grid, all within a second in qualifying, wow. so... You're two or three tenths off, uh, and you could be outside the top 20. So, yeah, hugely competitive, but uh, when you get a good result, it means the world. And how the, the competition there, as you said, was, was pretty hot. Um, massive spread of cars as well in that, but the Ferrari, one of the better cars to be in, did you reckon? It was a very good car this year. It performed very, very well. Um, so thanks to AF Corsa, they gave me a, a great car for, the, for last season. Not a bad team to be with, in fairness. Absolutely, works works for our team. Uh, so no one no one better really. And uh, hopefully I get the same opportunity this year. So just keep my fingers crossed. When do you find out? I mean, that's the thing that perhaps some of our listeners don't realise. You're sitting around racing here this weekend, but effectively you'll be you'll be checking your inbox, checking your phone every time you're out of the car. I mean, it's getting close to the start of the season now, Phil. You're making me nervous now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, of course. But uh, I secured my, my deal last year in February, so there's still a little bit of time. Um, and they've just got to piece the package together. Um, I'm not in uh, the same category as, as James Collado as a Ferrari works driver, um, but I definitely would like to be under the A, of course, uh, banner, and that's what I'm hoping for. And they just need to create a programme for me um, and hopefully give me another opportunity. And put you in AF could put you in one of the 647 cars that they seem to run Absolutely, throughout the yeah. city. That's some operation, isn't it? It really is. Uh, all done by Almato Ferrari. Great guy, uh, and he's very much looked after me last year. And he puts on a pretty impressive operation throughout all championships. I think last year I counted something getting close to 80 entries. Now I'm not saying he's got 80 cars sitting there because some of them are recycled and do double duty. But that's an extraordinary logistics operation that they're doing. I mean you as a driver ideally you don't want to get involved in that but you must have, have, have taken something from that and seen how they work. Yeah it's unbelievable uh, but it, it works and they, I think they have 50 trucks and an endless amount of cars um, that are travelling around the world every day of the week so um, fair play to all the people at Ferrari and, and Almato's team because they, they make it work and they do a great job and the car's been hugely reliable uh, all last season so fair play We'll get back to this weekend quickly and then I'll let you go because I'm sure you've got things to do. Uh, 93 cars will start if everybody starts uh, this weekend. So traffic is going to be an issue all the way through the race. But, I mean, that's 24-hour racing, isn't it? You just have to deal with that challenge. 
Yeah, and uh, that's what it's all about. That's what makes the stints exciting. I think if you're doing a development program, as I've done in the past, where no one's out on, on track and you do 24 hours, it can get a little bit tedious. Uh, but here this weekend, we have 90 your cars on the grid. And, um, yeah, it just uh, makes the racing really enjoyable. What have you seen as the biggest changes in the time that you've been racing here? You're a good man to ask this question because of the amount of times that you've, you've done this race. Um, I mean, ultimately, I mean, I remember back to Total Wolf winning this in the first year in not a standard BMW, but it, it wasn't as, as modified as some of the cars that would only be midfield now. But what, what have you noticed is the difference is here? Well, the first Dubai 24 hours I did was in a VW Golf. Um, and that was probably the third quickest. Did you have your head on a swivel? Because <laughs> you must have been able to look everywhere except forward. Yes and no, because now we have 26, 27 GT3 cars. Um, back then, maybe you had three or four. Ah. So um, that's the biggest difference. It's become more professional, uh, bigger teams that have joined us. And the main reason for that is it's a great testing program uh, for the off-season. Yeah. You know, we still have three months before the European season kicks off, and everyone likes to to come out to Dubai, get some sunshine, have uh, have some great racing. Is the pressure off you a little bit as a pro here? Are you doing this? I wouldn't say for fun because that sounds like I'm saying, are oh, you not taking it seriously? And I know that every time you get into a car, you take it seriously. But there's not a championship at stake here for you. Your job is to get the gents up the up the speed and keep the car in one piece. Um, yeah, there's always pressure. Um, for me, uh, this wa- this race is not won by out-and-out pace. Um, you've got to stay out of trouble. And it goes back to saying there's 90-odd cards on the circuit and with different category of cars, from a Renault Clio to a GT3 car. So for me, it's kind of telling these guys to stay out of trouble, be consistent, and the race will come to us. Um, yeah, so... Wish you well. I know you'll enjoy it because every time you're behind the wheel of a racing car you enjoy it and you always give your best Phil best of luck for the season let us know what happens when you come will you thank you episode 1 of series 13 of Midweek Motorsport we're behind the paddock here in the uh, final free test the optional test of the week before we get into competitive running at the Hancock 24 hours of Dubai cars up to speed out there Andrew Marriott is part of the Radio Show Limited team this weekend uh, at his first race at the Dubai International Autodrome, but not the first time you've been here, Andrew. Well, I came to the grand opening of this circuit, what was it, 15 years ago, I think, and it was a most spectacular occasion. The biggest fireworks display I've ever seen. One of the biggest, largest spreads of food, and that's always good for you and me, John. And it was fabulous, and then the following day came back to the circuit, and the late, great Peter Brock drove me several laps around the track and immediately then I appreciated what a superb combination of corners it is this circuit, it's absolutely fabulous Ultimately this was built as a Formula 1 circuit and it never got the whole Formula 1 Abu Dhabi got there first didn't they, They obviously Bernie was obviously playing the two off against each other I suspect, obviously Bahrain were in there as well but it was, it is a full Formula 1 facility and I suppose if Abu Dhabi dropped out, Dubai would snap it up. But they were, uh, they got the Bernie effect, I think, here. Um, it's not as if this area didn't have some history of racing, though, before this track was opened. It was one of the few places, in fact, in the Middle East that, that had some 
circuit racing, and I use that word advisedly, some circuit racing history. Well, yes, but it was a temporary circuit they built. If I remember rightly, in the car park of the Intercontinental Hotel, I commentated live for that race for ITV, believe it or not, the main ITV channel. And we're going back in the 70s, I suppose, here. Uh, So they built a circuit. They had a non-championship round of the BTCC. They had a Citroen CX race for famous people who all managed to hit each other. I don't think there was one of the cars left without a bent panel on it. It was an absolute demolition derby. John Watson, if I remember, demonstrated a Formula One McLaren. Yes. And Fangio... The New Year's car. That was was effectively its public debut. And Fangio came to the race as the guest of honour and had a heart attack while he was here. And, and I think there was a GT race as well, wasn't there? They had some GT cars as well. I think it? it was a long, long time ago when I was just a kid. And I remember coming out on on uh, Golf Air in, I think, first class. It was like, don't happen these days. That just, certainly doesn't <laughs> happen when you're working for us, mate. I tell yeah, you that. Yeah. The, the, I mean, in those days, I've, I've, I've seen pictures of that and I've seen some video yeah. of that. And uh, the... Forerunner at the Top Gear, William Woolard came and did a piece on it as well for, yeah. for the BBC as well. And I've seen that on one of the, the video channels. Um, but downtown looked very different in those days. It wasn't like it is now. Oh, absolutely. I was a tenth of the size, I suppose. Um, must give a name check, though, to Martin Hone, the man who had started the Birmingham Super Prix, but in the end never ran it. But this was one of his deals. And that was another deal where they had the most fantastic banquet. I remember the banquet more than the race. Says something about me, I guess. You've been uh, you've been part of our team on a fairly regular basis now for these Creventic races. It's the first time you've come to the race that started it all for the Creventic organisation, the Hancock 24 Hours of uh, of Dubai. Um, what's been your impressions? I mean, you've seen plenty of racing down the years. This is racing done in a slightly different way, I would say. Well, I love to prevent it because basically it's fun and it's for the competitors. Remember, American Le Mans series, it was for the fans. This is for the racers and they appreciate it. I mean, this particular race is madness. I mean, 90 cars, it's absolutely crazy. It's, it's going to be traffic jam Grand Prix, I think. But uh, it was a GT3 cars are still very quick. They make a lot of nice noise. And it's a wonderful series, and I think this year it'll be even better than it was last year. I thoroughly enjoyed my first year doing it. And uh, have you learned every single name on the entry list yet? Well, you see, John, you couldn't do that because this is Creventic, so if you pitch up today with a helmet, buy a ride, you're suddenly on the entry list. So we may not have the final entry list, but I have found some great names. Former Formula One driver, Norbert Fontana suddenly appears. Lovely to see Michael Verges, who, who's retired for six or seven years, running with a Saudi prince who he's been training, and a lot of other big names here. So, at the end of the day, I think we're going to see the usual uh, culprits out front, you know. Hoffa Racing are going to be right there. The the 911 Porsche, the 911. The number 911 Porsche, the Herbert guys, yeah. yeah. Uh, one last year, of course. Won what? pretty much everything yeah, that well, they ended last year. And what happened to the driver they drafted in? He's uh, in Formula One now. Yeah, that Brendan, Brendan Hartley had a decent year last year after yeah, coming here. Yeah. Well, enjoy it, Andrew, as I know you will, and be careful down in the pit lane. Got to be careful here with all those cars. Right? 
I've been knocked down only once in my life in the pit lane by Denny Holm, so, you know. Oh, that's that, that's <laughs> it. Let's leave it at that. We don't need to add any to that. Andrew Marriott will be on the air this weekend. I've just spotted somebody we're going to have a, another word with who's disappeared into, uh, into a garage here, and I'm going to interrupt. Miss Edwards, Hello. can I have a quick word? Come out the back. Jade Edwards is, uh, is with us here, and... Um, just been talking to Andrew Marriott about people pitching up with a helmet and maybe getting a drive. I bet you brought your helmet and your race licence. Not only that, two days before I came out to get a rush licence renewal. Um, and yes, my helmet and kit is all back at the apartment ready for someone to get food poisoning. <laughs> However, at the moment you are not driving then, do I, do I take from that? Yes, yeah, so at the moment I'm not down to race at all. Um, I've got a few other duties going on, so I do some social media for some drivers. So I'm still here with a purpose. Um, but yeah, I'm waiting in the wings. If anything does happen, I'm ready to go and, and get in a car. What have you been doing with yourself in terms of your driving career? I think the last time I saw you, I was in the same race as you and you were busy winning the Race of Remembrance a couple of three years ago. Yeah, so obviously I try and do Race of Remembrance every year because I think it's a really good event. Um, a shame to miss it this year or the year just gone. Um, in between that, I've been doing Clio Cup Series in the Toka Paddock, uh, following the British Touring Cars. It's very much a family thing, that, isn't it? Absolutely. So I am third generation of the Yeah, Clio don't Cup. remind me of that because <laughs> I've commentated on both your dad and your grandfather yeah. and you just make me feel immensely old when yeah, you say that. Absolutely. You're not the only one that sort of screams at me not to mention that. Um, but it's brilliant. You know, it is a family thing and it's brilliant to be in that paddock. So I stepped away from GT racing for a little bit to do some one-make stuff. Um, and it's definitely making me a better driver because it is so competitive yes. um, but I love GT racing so if there's the odd event that I could do throughout the year I'll always try and do that Racing Aston Martin with your sister in British GT how's she doing and what's her driving career uh, going on with that at the moment so she's um, again she sort of dips in and out of the sport so for me it's very much a career but for her it's, uh, it's dipping in and out so she did the odd race last year in the Ginetta GRDC Plus Championship ah, right. which is brilliant for her sort of a level of things where she just nips in and has a couple of races um, and she's actually getting married in March, so she's a full spec grown up at the moment. <laughs> We'd have to talk her out of that one. It doesn't mean she has to stop racing, though. So this season, is it more Clio Cup for you? Or are you having another look at some GT racing or some endurance racing? So, um, yeah, it's another year of Clio Cup. It was always a two year plan because of the level of comp- competition there. It was always two years for me. So this will be my second year. It will be with Sicily Motorsport, who are here in Dubai at the moment. So. If they carry on with the GT stuff, there may be an opportunity for me to jump into some long-distance races throughout the year. But at the moment, my focus is the Clio Cup package. The Clio has proven itself, the various versions of the Clio Cup car down the years, has proven itself as a pretty decent endurance car. It really is. I think, um, you know, there's been teams in the past that have come over from the UK and done some 24-hour series. You know, Cook Sport put together an amazing package and have done really, really well in this championship. So I think Sicily have kind of seen that and taken note, and now they're here and competing and it's a car that's kind of bulletproof it, it keeps going and going and going oh yeah they're going to kill you for saying that now aren't they <laughs> I know I've probably uh, cursed it a little bit but hey ho it's um, it's a brilliant car to start your first 24 hour racing how much different then is that red and white 162 car from the car that you'll be racing on the British Touring Car Support Package this year it's not too different um, if I jumped in there now it wouldn't be too unfamiliar however there's things that keep it safe as such you know the engine's slightly different it's not going to rev as high the suspension's a little softer it's all the little things that make it go long distance rather than just really really fast for 20 20 minutes you know yeah but that's a lot of fun as I I did some pickup truck racing before I did the 24 hours on the Brands Indy circuit and it was that was an eye opener it was good fun it was good fun Um, so beyond the end of this year are we going to get you back here? I mean, we'd love to see you in some of the races this year, Jim. For me, John, it's all about sponsorship. And obviously last year I launched the 9 for 9 um, sponsorship scheme. 
So for me, there you go, Ollie Webb's just jumping in there. Thanks That's going to cost you 250 quid into the race fund. Yeah, so for me it's sponsorship. At the moment I'm Toka Package and that's where my sponsors want to stay. Um, but I love, like I say, I love GT racing. So I'm not saying never, I'd love to come back in the future. But for the moment my focus is Clio Cup and then maybe British Touring Cars in a, a year or so. There's some good names here. I mean, there's a lot of... Ollie Webb's just ran by and made himself a nuisance, as he often Always does. Has. But this is a... This is a race that you know you've been to a few times before now, and you'll have seen the changes down through the years. I mean, it's evolved massively. It's a brilliant, brilliant race and a brilliant series. Every time we come here, there's more and more drivers that we know. Um, I think this is my fourth year coming. I've never actually competed in Dubai, which is a shame. But every spent year... far too much time with us in the in the comms box. Exactly, you know. I, but I love the atmosphere and I love being here and. You know, it's, it's sunny and it's happy and everyone's here for a good time, but at the same time it's competitive and, and the championship is run perfectly well. A question for you as a touring car, albeit, a, you know, a baby touring car yeah. uh, driver, uh, that's the car, not you, um, <laughs> although you would hate if I called you a grown-up. It's all good. Yeah. Um, this year, Cravendic have um, really put a lot of resources behind the touring car endurance series. Now, obviously, at the head of that is TCR, yeah. But there's room for Cleos, there's room for other touring cars in it. How important is that, do you think, to someone like you to be able to say to your sponsors, right, you know the car, you know what we can do, here's something else we can do, and we're getting exactly the same billing as the GT cars in their series. I think, you know, 24-hour series seems to have nailed it on the head with the whole touring car stuff. It's so easy for a championship to bring in GT3s, to bring in the Porsches, to bring in higher-end cars and forget about the little people at the back who are still having as much of a good time um, but can't do it on so much of a budget. So they've accommodated for, for both of us in that sense. And for me, like you say, it's brilliant. I can go to my sponsors in the UK and say, OK, it's not UK publicity, but it's the same car. It's in a brilliant championship. There's live coverage of it. There's brilliant commentary. Um, <laughs> you know, put that in there somewhere. Nicely but, done. Yeah. So it, it, you can sort of keep the continuity between the two. And so for me, it really, really does work. And I think the 24-hour series have kept that really innocent part to this championship done really, really well. Well, unfortunately, you can't be with us at Silverstone over Easter weekend because you will have other duties. But we wish you well for the uh, Renault Clio Cup Series this year. And I hope we see you in a, in a, uh, in a GT or a touring car endurance series paddock this summer. Thank you very much, John. See Thanks, Jade. That's Jade Edwards, uh, part of the Sicily Racing Team, Sicily Motorsport Team in the UK and here helping out. Now, where did Ollie Webb disappear to just a moment or two ago? I saw him jump off. No, he's disappeared. Let's wander down the back of the pits here and uh, see who else we can find. It's series 13 of uh, Midweek Motorsport. And uh, the drivers seem at the moment to be all in their cars, just going past the brilliantly named Bonk Motorsport. I know that will be a fan favourite towards the uh, middle of the night. And it'll be getting said an awful lot. A couple of Lamborghinis, Grassa Racing Team just on my left as well, as I'm wandering down here. Right, let's have a look in here. Who have we got in here? Ah, yes. This is the very bright orange 303. As Rick is and the rest of the guys. See if we can find those guys. So, 
few people can't interrupt here because they're doing a bit of data. So let's just head back down this way. It's the uh, joy of doing these walks down the back of the pit lane. You never know who you are going to uh, bump into or who you aren't. And at the moment, it's rather more who we aren't than where we are. Just a reminder that this weekend, of course, we've got full coverage of all the official sessions, sound and vision together. So I'm running a century motorsport here. And uh, see who we can bump into. So there's uh, Audi customer team in here as well. And the guys, let's have a quick, see if we can get a, a quick word with the Hofer Racing guys here. May I, in, may I interrupt, please, gentlemen? Of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, Hofer Racing here, and who have I got here? See, ah, it is Christian Frankenhout. Yeah. Uh, great to have you uh, back at this race and the start of another racing year. Uh, back with Hofer Racing again. You're looking forward to this weekend? Yeah, of course. Uh, we are defending our title for the second time in a row. Um, uh, last year we said it will be difficult, but I think this year it will be even more difficult. You know, more more bigger teams, more better drivers. So it's often said that it's harder to defend a title than it is to win it in the first place. It must have felt like that a little bit for you last year at times. Uh, for sure, for sure. Last year it was really hard at times. To, we think we thought, okay, it's not possible to defend it again, and. At the end, uh, we, we made it, so uh, yeah, we we're super happy about that. Um, but even more difficult, I think, to defend it for the second time. But okay, we, we are we will try. We will try our best, and yeah, hope for the hope for the best. And a title that is made up of so many endurance races, Christian, where so many things can happen that adds uh, so much uh, of a variable nature uh, into it. Do you enjoy putting yourself through that? The the challenge of all these endurance races? Well, it's for sure different than, than sprint races. Eh? It, it's more, I always say it's more a team effort. Eh? A sprint race is just a two or a one driver. And with this, it's it's the whole team that does makes eh, the, the, uh, the challenge uh, and the result. So um, that's a good thing, you know. After that, you, you party with the whole team because eh, every mechanic, every uh, the fuel guys, the, even the people in the kitchen, you know, they need to, be at their best so that everybody else can be at their best and that we can as drivers have the best tools to do it as easy as possible you know how, how faster the pit stops are the less um, risk we need to take on the on the racetrack so that's that's the combination of the whole team and that's i think better uh, that that's a good thing about endurance racing there's been a lot of talk about the new mercedes gt4 car you're in the gt3 version many changes for this year no for the gt3 not uh, because Every year, if the car needs to be homologated, I think it will cost a lot of money to the FIA. So they just make the car one time and then for like three, four years. And what about the competition out there this weekend? It's a fantastic GT3 entry. Seems like we get better and better every year. That certainly I've been coming here. This is going to be a tough race. Uh, of course. it's a, Last year, I think it was already more than 30 uh, GT3 cars. I think this, one, uh, this year is the, the same. Um, and every, hey, you see the, the, the teams that are coming here, HCP, WRT. So uh, it's, it's not just a couple of uh, uh, teams driving here. It's, it's the best of the best. All the teams that drive in front in Blancpain uh, do this 
as a race, of course. I think a little bit as a test for them as well and for, for some manufacturers. Uh, but we, we, we take the challenge, so uh, we see what happens. Do you, in the at least in the early part of the race, do you even bother racing the other teams? Are you just looking to get to that last three, four, five hours? Well, it, 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 this year it's different. Eh? Last year eh, with the amateur teams, we had a reference time. Mm. And this year it's changed. So also for uh, the faster drivers like, like me and Kenneth, we can do as fast as possible. So normally the front wheel would drive away and we couldn't go any faster. But now we can go faster. So we need to see what we do. But it's not the first hour is not so important, you know. It's, it's keeping up with the rest, not losing too much. But you don't need to be far out in the front because it's still 24 hours. Everybody knows it's it's done at the finish, not at the start. So, but okay, for sure. It will be like Blancpain in the beginning, and then it will ease out in of in the night, and then the following day it will be will be I think uh, relatively quiet. Now, when I travel all over the world to other motor racing, people the first question almost everybody asks me about is about Kravenik and Kravenik racing, and I keep telling them that I'm not sure that any, that any group of people from other than the Netherlands could have put this together. You guys have got a great attitude towards your racing. Um, what is it that, that makes this championship and this this race and this series? What is it you think that Creventi can bring to that do bring to this? I think eh, with if you see if you look at Dutch people, eh, Netherlands is a small country, so we need other people. Eh, we need we need other people to make our country uh, successful, but also the series successful. And it's not uh, yeah. In the beginning, there were a lot of Dutch people here, but already after two three years, it was. A global, uh, a global field of drivers and teams, and I think they they are, are striving to do that to make all the teams uh, happy, even if they come from France, uh, uh, Germany, UK, even Australia, somewhere else, uh, and they want all of those teams dri- driving together. So and with the different mentality, even everyone, everybody likes driving, likes to be at nice uh, uh, racetracks, nice cities like Dubai. You go to uh, to Spa, to Barcelona. So it's uh, everybody has a fun time, and I think uh, Dutch need to know how to ne- how to make fun, and I think that's the that's the basic of, of what Kravendik is doing. And you certainly know how to have a party. Uh, that's for sure. That's for sure. And um, I think I think they're doing it, making it not too professional. I think that's the right way to yeah. go because otherwise it gets it going to like Blancpain, too many pro teams. Yeah. And then for the amateur drivers who just like to do a lot of driving, and this is the, 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 the correct series. Now, just before I let you go, and I know there's plenty of work still to do here before we get into the the, uh, the start of the official sessions on Thursday. All the sessions, by the way, covered uh, in sound and vision on RadioLamont.com, of course, and on the series website. You mentioned the reference time has been taken away now. Uh, that was a, a source of much discussion. Uh, some people liked it, some people didn't, but it's gone now. Does that mean a change of emphasis for you and Kenneth Heyer and the other drivers who can drive faster? Or do you have to still think about getting the car to the end of the race and winning the AM category? Or do you want to just get up as far up the the finishing order as possible? Of course, we want to uh, go for overall podium. Uh, But it's always hard in this field. eh? Last two years, we were 6 and 7 overall, first amateur. of course, we will drive faster, eh? as fast as possible. But if you have one uh, one contact with another driver, and you lose five minutes, and it's already—I won't say the race is over—but to to uh, come back from that, it will be very hard. So, of course, we will drive harder, but not as hard as the pro teams. I think uh, we just need to uh, keep our 
keep our momentum and just be relaxed and, uh, and we've overtaken that don't take too much risk enjoy it I know you will that's a silly <laughs> thing for me to say big smile on the face of Christian Fra- uh, Frankenhout uh, be safe is the most thing enjoy the weekend same to you same to you thank you ok we're going to uh, move a little bit further down in fact you know what I'm going to go into the sunshine and enjoy a little bit of the late afternoon sunshine here at the Dubai Autodrome uh, for the weekend coverage of the 24 hours the Hankook 24 hours of Dubai so I've uh, wandered back up the pit lane in the sunshine and uh, I've sought a little bit of shade actually come indoors now into the garage of uh, HTP Windward Racing and Russell Ward is with me he's about to get in the car so I haven't got too long with him uh, Russell, welcome to Dubai what do you reckon to this place? It is awesome you know, this place is fast as hell you know, you could definitely tell it was built to a Formula 1 standard you know, there's a lot of runoff it's very smooth you know, it's just a beautiful, beautiful facility. So I'm going to have to move you to the back of the garage. It's too loud with all the cars going by. Fantastic stuff. Um, you're still, you're still getting used to this uh, new GT4 AMG Mercedes Benz. You uh, did some competing at Corda at the end of last year. You've been doing some testing since then. How do you feel it's going the program so far? Look, it's going great. I mean, the car is incredibly easy to drive you know it's it's it just it tells you it's about to oversteer like half a lap before so sends you, you an know, email that's right um you know it's awesome really it's definitely a little bit turned down compared to what it was at at coda uh we were running in a different class in the sp2 so now we're in the gt4 you can definitely feel the power difference there and that so. was because the car wasn't homologated that was effectively you you got your hands on that a little bit early and we're helping uh, amg along with a couple of other teams do some a pre-homologation testing for that car. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, that was good as well. It's been great working with AMG. You know, they they really care about their product and they really want to produce a good product. So it's it's good to be, you know, a part of that. Now, you've come out of um, West Coast Racing. You've done a season now in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge uh, in a mid-engined car. What's it like being changed over to a front-engined uh, front engine Mercedes Benz. You know, it's it's. Uh, I don't want to talk bad about other manufacturers, but you know, man, I love the Mercedes. You know, it, I feel that. So you feel a difference immediately. Oh, for sure. You know, it just it's it's a much. It feels like a much better balanced car, and and you know, it's just a fantastic vehicle. Really, I mean, it's it's great to be a part of them. So. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but a lot of people I've talked to said it feels like this was built as a racing car rather than being a road car first and then turned into a race car. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it does. And, you you know, the biggest thing you notice as a racing driver is the gearbox. I mean, having a true, like, sequential dogship gearbox in there, the thing just sounds and feels like a race car, so... Now, this is, I believe, I'm right in saying, a one-off in the Creventic Hankook Endurance Series. So what's the plans for the rest of the season? Uh, The rest of the season involving what? Involving yourself. Involving this series? Yes. Um, you know, there's there's nothing really hard set. I mean, you know, Dubai was kind of a one-off, but I'm looking to do, you know, maybe Silverstone and a couple of other Graventic races. You know, they go to some really awesome venues, and it's it's nice to do some racing outside of the U.S. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that Coda will be on our map again for sure. It's on mine, it's, I'll tell you yeah, that. It's, I mean, it's right down the road from us, so, you know, really... It's just another. It's a. It's a good race in the off season, and it's it's perfect for us. So we'll definitely be at Coda, but I can't. I can't tell you uh, anything else. I don't know. 
and a full season with IMSA, of course, for, for you and the team? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Full season running two cars. Um, you know, Bryce, my father, he's going to run a couple of races in the car. So He's running here, isn't he? Yeah, he's running here as well. He's yeah. driving with me, yeah. Good stuff. I'll let you get ready because I know the car's about to come in. Good luck. Thanks, have John. fun. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Be safe. Uh, Damien Faulkner is sitting over there. Damo, step out the back. It's, it's really loud in here. As the, uh, it's working a bit like a, a boom box to, to just uh, amplify the sound. So we'll step out of the way, out the back. Damo, great to see you here in Dubai at this time of the year. I mean, I suppose I should say congratulations because you've been involved with this Winwood programme. Um, in fact, before there was a Winwood programme um, with, uh, with Russell and, and Bryce, um, it's been a... It's been a, a pretty hard, hard journey, but you've, you've got the whole thing running and uh, been involved with it right from the start. Yeah, I met these guys a couple of years ago, uh, Russell and his dad, Bryce. Um, you know, super people. And, and, and to be honest, they were just really nice people to coach and they really wanted to, um, to make progress. And they were serious about racing, which, which is always nice because you, you coach different people for, for a short while. Um, you never really get to know them um, but of course you know uh, they, they built up a great team and they, they um, not only brought me on as a coach but also as a driver so uh, yeah they, they've managed to bring a lot of good people together and I mean to be honest it wasn't me that built it up but you know I did help them and, and guide them as, as best I could um, and then um, I, I suppose I was probably the, the, the HTP uh, connection as well uh, so yeah so it's, it's, it's I mean it's been I think it's been good for them I mean they've, they have an awful lot of experience now both of them I thought Russell last year was a an astounding breakout year for that young man how how satisfied can you feel about that because you've got to do the mentoring you've got to help him through his data and you watching him develop it's a different satisfaction clearly from finding two tents in the car yourself but satisfaction nevertheless yeah it, it is um, there is a great sense of fulfilment or satisfaction uh, from it because you know like I alluded to there you, you, you work with you know lots of different drivers or I certainly I have but none for as long as this and you know to see your sort of work coming to fruition um, in the shape of you know success for, for, for Russell and indeed Bryce I mean Bryce won a championship last year in the PDC championship on the west coast of America um, and Russell uh, just cleaned the floor at the last double header round and won both races and um, yeah that's that's been tremendously satisfying uh, it is and I mean not not for a minute trying to claim all the the uh, the, um, the adulation or the 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 credit for that but uh, I'd like to think that I had something to do with, with their progress. Well you did mate, no, no so, doubt. Yeah and I mean it, you know it, it, it's, been, it's been really really nice and and, um, and, and I suppose it, it, it shows that from a human side that you actually give value you know because it's very difficult to quantify a you know with circuits uh, cars are never the same, circuits are never the same, tyres are never the same from one year to the next and you know, if you were here two years ago and you did a 204, is it the same thing as being a 204 today? It's probably not. So, 
it's very difficult to quantify success. Um, and, you know, I have to say, Russell really turned a corner at the latter half of last yes, year. Agreed. Not only in the PDC Championship by winning the last double header, but the la- certainly the last two, if not three, uh, Continental Series races. Um, uh, yeah, just made a huge leap. And, and to be honest, he did uh, an interview. I, I, I think I really. I'd been watching his progress. I think uh, probably Laguna Sega was a standout race for him. Funny you should mention that one. That was the one that I... Uh... Ah, but you didn't. <laughs> because the pit lane... Now, listen, dear listener, I happen to have done a bit of digging into this, and Damien was heading for a victory in that category, and the pit lane speed limiter came on, and he's been beating himself up since about knocking it, coming out the first hairpin, but it might have been a loose wire, mate, is what I've heard. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I know you would never say that, but I've been speaking to the team, and I think that was a loose... Loose wiring harness on the steering wheel. Yeah, that that's. Um, I mean, that, that's you're dead accurate, um, and I'll tell you what, <laughs> you're up to date. Uh, because what you get for hanging round in pits talking to mechanics <laughs> when you're not driving a car and you're not in the booth, you see. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty. That's pretty much spot on. I mean, I, I at the time, I mean, I was driving the car, so I I, I accepted blame. But but at the time, I I said to them as well that. You know, I, I didn't feel my fingers hitting the lever. It's like an indicator stock. It's it's basically the, it's it's not a pit lane speed limiter. It's the cruise control or uh, limiter that that's actually based off a road car. It's the same thing as a road car uh, on the on the GT on the Cayman GT4. So um, it's 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 really not for purpose for racing purposes really. Um, but we had to make do with it. And at the time, I said to the team, I don't remember. You know, feeling my fingers tip off the edge of it or anything, and, I, and it's only ever happened once. It never happened to me before. Um, so the team look, did look into it, and I actually only heard that uh, at Coda. The team manager came along and he told me that that's what he believed had happened. The the loom that comes up the uh, from the from the the wiring harness that goes into the back of the steering wheel yeah. was wrapped around the uh, steering column a couple of times, and. Uh, they think that's what happened it actually happened before once so um, yeah you're off the hook for that you're off the hook let's let's bring the focus back to this weekend Um, 93 cars on the grid as we've been seeing and I'm going to keep seeing that this is a different kind of challenge for everybody Um, the car was still pretty new at quarter and you you got some good running you probably didn't get the result that you would say that you would uh, you would like but the car now well fettled you're getting ready for the season what do you expect here? Well, I mean, you know, aside from you know a, a good a finish and a, and a nice finish, um, that would be great. But to be honest, you know, it's just it's a great experience for both Russell and Bryce to get, um, you know, to get their hands and, and, and their heads round another track. Uh, Dubai is a great little track as well. It's it's, it's got a you know a, a large variety of different turns, fast, slow, cambered, you know, etc. Uphill, downhill. Um, so it's, it's, it's really nice and it'll be great for their sort of um, experience bank, if you like. Um, and so when they when they were, t- we were talking about doing this, you know, like I was I was all for it, even even though unfortunately for me, on a personal level, there was no room at the end. So I'm here on a coach's, coaching basis only. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're not in the car? Okay. Uh, no, so unfortunately, no, I'm not. Still, you've got to love the weather. Yeah, I mean it's 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 I love coming back here. Uh, great. I've I've done this race a couple of times. 
um, yeah, fantastic event. And it's a it's a tough circuit. This I think I think it's a very good circuit for endurance racing. There's a couple of long straights, a couple of big brace, breaking areas, but there's some very technical parts of this track as well, aren't there? Yeah. There are, yeah, yeah. Um, not unlike Quarter, actually. All right, not, it hasn't got the big cr- crawler, but there's a couple of long straights, and people tend to look at it and go, oh, how hard can it be? Two long straights and a couple of wiggly bits. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's like, that's like, you know, some people call Mondello Park a bit Mickey Mouse, but it's very uh, technical. Yeah. Um, it might be, there might be a lot of hairpins um, back at home, <laughs> but uh, it's a very technical circuit. And so where's the time here to be hard? And I mean, obviously, you're not going for outright lap times. It's about consistency. But where are the places to concentrate here for, for let's say, Russell and Bryce who've not been here before? I mean, look, my my uh, number one advice is to, you know, keep your eyes up and uh, to stay out of trouble. The, you just mentioned that there are over 90 cars. I mean, that's a crazy amount of traffic. And they, they may not even ever get a free lap. No. Uh, so aside from keeping you know out of uh, out of trouble and avoiding all the traffic, I mean the real time is about a hundred meters behind us here. Yeah. Uh, the the um, third last turn on the track, it's the the, the bowl. Yeah. That's where there's a lot of time to be either lost or gained. Um, very quick entry to that if you're confident. Absolutely, very quick entry, and I mean that's one of the technical parts of this track. Um, it's probably one of the the biggest challenges that one um, now, do, yeah. you, do you favour staying to the inside there or do you let the first part breathe and then cut back for the second I mean effectively it's a double the way I see it is a, it's, a, it's a double apex left hander yeah. you've got to clip both apexes but yeah. the important one well they're both important because if you miss the first you'll be offline but um, you've got to release the wheel a little bit um, so in effect your minimum corner speed is pretty much in the centre of the turn, halfway between the two, as I do a big arc with my hands. Which works great on radio. Which works great on radio, yeah. And coming out of that, as you come over the rise, you've got to be very careful there, because the car can unload quite easily as you're setting up for the right-hander that comes after it. Well, yeah, and, and, and you know, if you work your way back, I mean, that that's all, if you get enough rotation done at the right point um, in, in, in the double, double left-hander, the car is straighter. The car is straighter. And you don't even have to let the car go out to the right-hand side to come back to the left to go right again. So you come out there quite tight. But, you know, like you say, if you go in, release it, um, and, you know, get the rotational point done at the minimum corner speed between the two apexes, and you have a nice line, it's up the hill as well, so it's great for traction. Before I let you go, and before we end the first of a brand new series of Midweek Motorsport here on RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. You, like me, have just come back from Daytona. How did Daytona go? Get a lot of good work done? I should say, by the way, this is not the IMSA car that's here. That's still in the States. But did you get plenty of good work done? Uh, we did, yeah. Um, yeah, worked well with the, uh, our new engineer, Greg Fordall. Um, uh, yeah. He knows he's stuffed, doesn't he? <laughs> just a bit, yeah. Uh, no, fabulous. I mean, I've worked... Kind of, I've I've worked on with Alex Joe before in one race, but unfortunately, uh, not directly with with Greg. But uh, known him for a long time, and it's fantastic. I think a real coup for us to get him on board. Um, yeah, we we ran through a number of things. Uh, some of the things are out of our control. Uh, the thing that I won't mention. Um, However, every time I looked, and bear in mind, I wasn't there on the Sunday, so I don't know what happened on the Sunday. But every time I looked, your name. Um, was next to 
the position that was the first Mercedes-Benz, and I know exactly what you're talking about, but you can only be the best of your Mercedes-Benz class, can't you? Yeah, that's right, and, and to be honest, you can only do... I think you're, you're, you'll gain more momentum by just concentrating on your own programme, and that's what we did. So, you know, it's out of our hands. Um, you can only control what you can control and work on to progress from there. Um, and that's I think we did that, and we made a lot of good progress on the chassis side. So hopefully when we go back to Daytona... Um, we Can you believe be 20, uh, 28 GS cars? I mean, all right, we'll not see them for the whole season, but 28 GS cars at Daytona in a, in a class where a couple of years ago I remember people saying to me, oh, GT4 is going to kill that class. That's bonkers. Yeah, it's just it's nuts. I mean, it's fantastic to be um, to be involved in such... You should you see know. the smile on Demo's face at the moment. <laughs> I know. But, you know, I just I long to, you know, go into a championship where like, there's only, like, six or seven cars that are good. <laughs> easier to get on the podium. Easier more than half the field could win that race, never mind get on the podium, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. It's it's going to be... I'd say it'll it'll be the best race under the, uh, the IMSA the umbrella. IMSA brand, yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, it's great to be part of it. It really is great to be part of it. And... Uh, you know, it's really nice to have an AMG as well. They're fantastic cars, and you know, if we can get it all sorted out, um, they're just so refined. It's uh, it's really nice. So, yeah, looking forward to another year. And we look forward to covering that series. And of course, you can see all of Continental Tyres races live in sound and vision uh, via IMSA.tv this weekend. And on RS2 IMSA Radio, of course. This weekend, we're on RS1 and RadioLamont.com in sound and vision. And there's no time to explain. Uh, the llama is looking rather longingly at a camel. We'll see you over the weekend. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLamont.com.